Welcome to the Propulsion Swimming Podcast, where we aim to give swimming the coverage and publicity it deserves. Every week, we celebrate the sport we love with amazing special guests and topics from around the swimming pool. And now, here are your hosts, Scott and Dan. Hello everyone and welcome to this week's episode of the Propulsion Swimming Podcast. I'm your host Scott and boy do we have a good interview for you this week. Oh yes, very much delayed but it's an episode we've been very much looking forward to for a while actually and hopefully we can get a glimpse into what is one of the most astonishing journeys through the sport of swimming. So on this week's episode we are talking to British Paralympian Susanna Hext. Now for those who don't know much about Susanna's story, in 2012 she became wheelchair bound after being paralysed in an equestrian accident. Since that moment, she has gone on to represent Great Britain with esteem at both para-equestrian and para-swimming, winning international honours in both sports, including a silver and bronze at the 2019 World Para-Swimming Championships. She's the British record holder in the S550 and 100m freestyle short course and the SB4 100m breaststroke, and recently competed at the Tokyo Paralympics, finishing in fourth in both the S5 100 and 200 meters freestyle finals. So without further ado, welcome Susanna Hex. Hi. Uh... <laughs> How are you doing? Because I know since Tokyo you've been in and out of hospital, you've got surgery booked for this Thursday. Are you back on the mend? Yeah, getting there. So I was back training again. Um, I'm currently in isolation, um, ready for my surgery on Thursday. But um, yeah, I was back up to a good level of training after games. Um, and then got told on Monday, last Monday, that I was going for surgery, um, yeah, this week. So it's all been a bit of a, so- a shock, <laughs> but definitely um, uh, heading in the right direction in terms of for my future and stuff. It's it's good that it's yeah. happening now. So, yeah. Before we started this podcast, you said that it was going to be in January. So it's actually two months early. So is that an exciting thing for you that it's earlier? Um, I think it's exciting in terms of like, uh, it means I'm going to have more water time before say like world championships next year um whereas if it was going to be in january um which was the plan then Mm. i wouldn't have had much time back in the water which is kind of we'll go for a bit more but like every time i've had surgery recently has been a bit of a battle to get back to say Mm. trials or like a championship or paralympic games as it was so it would be nice to have a bit more time to get like prepared and not Mm. being like a mad like panic um thinking I've only got like a month to get ready so yeah yeah, yeah. no it'll be good it, it's scary and I would be lying to you if I'm terrified but um, <laughs> for my future it's definitely very exciting so yeah yeah definitely we, we'll touch upon that kind of towards the end of this podcast um but I think the best place to start is if it's okay with you if we visit your injury that you sustained in 2012 Can you explain to our listeners kind of what happened and kind of more importantly for me, how did you pick yourself up after that injury? Um, Yeah, well, it was tough. Um, Mm. So it was July 2012. Um, I was breaking in a young horse, just a normal day for me, to be honest. And uh, yeah, it was a split second that changed my life forever. Um, A horse reared over and landed on top of me, um, rolled off me and then rolled back across me again, just to add insult to injury. Um, I instantly knew that like I was in trouble, uh, couldn't feel anything from the waist down, 
um, and was in and out of consciousness. Um, so I had a head injury, spinal cord injury, shattered my pelvis for the length of its life for the second time. Um, oh man. Crushed my shoulder. Um, I guess like a day that I'm lucky I'm still here. Um, mm. And that does make me kind of appreciate life a lot more. I think you, if you come that close to not being here, um, you mm. see things very differently. Um, but yeah, it was just a, an average evening for me um, that went very wrong um, and just a freak accident, unfortunately. But yeah, I I kind of lost me as a person. Like I lost my sense of identity and like has always been riding or sport, um, running around like here, there and everywhere. And suddenly I didn't really feel like me anymore. Um, I think the biggest thing for me was um, the London 2012 Paralympics was on TV when I was in hospital. Mm. And um, I honestly think without that, I would have really struggled. And I think seeing people that like had similar injuries to me or like a disability from birth, but it not stopping them, it's, it wasn't, it didn't define them, like didn't define their future. And I was like, right, I was like, if they can do it, like, I can do this. And there was my surgeon going, you never walk again, you'll never ride again. And I was like, actually, watch me. Um, and I guess, yeah, like the Paralympics gave me hope and a reason to fight. And I guess, yeah, a reason to set goals and kind of fall in love with my life again and get excited about life. Like, my life wasn't over. I thought it was. Mm um and it it very definitely wasn't over and yeah I never expected it to go in the direction it has um but yeah definitely the the Paralympics is what got me through and my friends and family um around my bedside and um yeah it it was hard it was like a lot of setbacks um mm. which seems to be my my general life and <laughs> seems to be a lot of setbacks but I guess yeah, I think as soon as I had set myself like a little bit of a goal and like hope for the future, it kind of changed the way I looked at things a bit more. Mm. And how long did that take for you to get over the, from the initial accident to finally getting over it? How long did that roughly take? Um, I mean, I'd still say like, I'll, I'll be completely honest. And like, even now, like I, I would have my old body back in a flash. Like I, I'm not mm. going to sugarcoat it. It's when you've come from being able-bodied and very independent, um, yeah. I don't think, I don't, I'm not sure whether you ever completely get over it because mm. your life's very different. Mm. Um, but I would say as soon as I started like being able to focus on physio, um, not have so much surgery, although that seems to have uh, still escalated mm. slightly more recently, but um, yeah, probably when I started having less challenges, um, mm, things okay. started like kind of picking up and like I um, I used to take a saddle. So obviously I got back in the saddle. I think it was like two years after my accident, I got back in the saddle. Wow. Most, thing, most people think I'm mental. Um, <laughs> <laughs> why would you get back in the saddle when you actually had your accident? Yeah. Um, we took my saddle into my physio sessions and like practiced my exercises in it. And I think... It was kind of that point where, yeah, I started thinking like I've got a future ahead of me um, and what has happened to me doesn't define me. Mm. So you seeing London 2012 Paralympics on the TV, was that a driving force for you to make the Tokyo team? 
so that you could be an inspiration for someone else out there? Yeah, so I'd like, I think for me, I feel my my story is important to share with others um, because of what people like the London 2012 Paralympics did for me. Um, and okay, everyone has a different journey to get to the point they get to, but there are quite a lot of people that I know who have had riding accidents or, or whatever it might be. And actually, if I can show that like if you never give up and like there's always hope, whether it's Paralympics or just life, and like there's there's still stuff to look forward to. There's still a future. Mm. Um, so I guess I don't know. It, yeah, I, it was definitely the London Paralympics that kind of gave me that hope. Or I guess initially, so I was shortlisted for Rio um, for para dressage. Um, but I literally hadn't been back in the saddle very long. So that was a slight miracle that I was shortlisted for Rio. Um, and then uh, that was 2016. Then 2017, I went to the Europeans in Gothenburg um, and managed to come away somehow with three gold medals. Um, yeah, amazing. On a Vera, which was incredible. And then I had taken up swimming um, in 2017 um, as like, Everyone's like, oh, like, how did it come about? But it was more like physio and fitness for riding. That's how it started. Um, but then I'm a very competitive person and I wanted more. Like, it wasn't enough just to be like, oh, I'm just going to swim up and down in a few club sessions and that's fine. Um, I just got the bug. Like, I've always been very sporty. Like, obviously, riding's been my, was my prior, like, primary thing I was doing before. But um, I did a lot of like running, competing, so cross country and athletics um, mm. and uh, what was like uh, tetraflons, which uh, include riding in them, but also swimming. So like and I've grown up by the sea in Cornwall. So that's <laughs> you just learn to swim from a very young age. So, um, yeah, I think. And then I just did a few club competitions, literally like able body club competitions more because I just wanted to see what it was like. Um, and then it was the beginning of 2019, I got classified. Someone suggested I should get classified, and I was like, oh, why not? Let's give it a go. Um, got classified, nationally classified, the beginning of 2019. And then April, where trials was, I got internationally classified and then selected for the World Championships at that same competition, which I was not expecting, genuinely not on my radar at all. Mm. Um, so when Lauren from Lauren Jocelyn from the National Performance Center said, you need to look on Twitter. And I was like, what do you mean look on Twitter? Cause actually I hadn't been told mm. until it was like out publicly. And I was <laughs> like, what? I was like, <laughs> wasn't expecting this at all. Um, and then like, yeah, obviously I spoke to my parents and stuff and they were like, how has this even happened? And I'm, I still don't know how it happened, but definitely like that was yeah a hell of a journey to get to that point that <laughs> was like what <laughs> is happening um and then yeah did the obviously did london which for me was like crazy because it was mm. a full circle of like so when i was in hospital obviously watching the london 2012 paralympics on tv they were mm. all swimming in that pool and i was like yeah. And then suddenly, like full circle, I was swimming in that pool that I'd been watching from my hospital bed. Mm. And I was like, this is nuts. Like, how is this <laughs> even happening? Like, one of the nurses had given me a, um, you know, when it was London 2012, they had the coins. 
yeah. mm. going around with like the different I don't know like a horse jumping on it or a swimmer or whatever yeah yeah, yeah, yeah and yeah. she had given that to me as like a lucky like she was like use that as your lucky coin never thinking I would be like kind of in that pool swimming mm. like how many years after so <laughs> it's been it's mental but yeah swimming has given me so much like I kind of everyone's like oh they're such different sports but kind of love what they give me is this like um it's just like my it's a happy place like it's freedom it's um I guess when I'm like swimming I just feel like almost like my challenges in daily life just kind of fade away mm. and it's just like me in the water or me on a horse they're like my two that's the kind Happy of places yeah, yeah. I'm like, almost like I'm on a level with everyone else like nothing's mm. holding me back when I'm on a horse or in the pool like I'm just on a level with everyone else so that's the only parallel between the two there's no other parallel really but <laughs> just competitive it's so. very similar to because I used to teach a little lad who uh, had spinal bifida and he said that he, he enjoys wheelchair rugby because he's in his wheelchair and he feels like on a parallel level. And then when he gets to swimming, sometimes he's better than the able-bodied swimmers. And yeah. so he loves that. But when it comes to like football and running, obviously he can't do it. So that's yeah. it's, it's funny that you say that and he said that. And it must mm. be the same for, for every power athlete, I suppose. Yeah, and I think it's that like, that's what it gives you is that freedom. Like yeah. you're, mm. you're no longer, like you're not in your chair. You're yeah. like, I don't know, it's just... Just a sense oh, of freedom. Best feeling. Yeah. Like yeah. getting out of bed in the morning and knowing I'm like I'm going to do something I love every day. Like, yeah. I mean you can't can't complain about. Yeah. I mean that's it's a whirlwind of a journey. I think we had so many questions, but you covered them all by yourself. <laughs> you went <laughs> yeah. through them all. Just that's not talking. a problem with us. <laughs> um so we touch upon if we go towards kind of Tokyo and Paralympic trials. Obviously, everyone sort of struggled in the build-up to trials with COVID lockdown. Now, I was reading articles about you. There's a bit of a name drop in there with <laughs> being able to train at AP McCoy Swimming Pool. So how, how did that come about? Um, so obviously, I'm like originally from an equestrian background. And um, so Oatsy House, which is a place for injured jockeys, um, is where I did my rehab. And AP is a like massively involved with um Oaksy house and lives just down the road from Oaksy house in Lambourne. so um that's how i met ap and chanel um and was lucky enough to swim in their pool i just asked them uh just text Fair chanel enough. and was like can i use your pool um and yeah it was amazing like luckily we had a really nice summer as well didn't mm. we like the weather was amazing yeah. so um yeah i definitely I'm going to say I got better at my tumble turns than I am normally, but um, yeah. Yeah, because it wasn't, it, wasn't it 12 metre pool? Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so how, how did the how did training work? You say that tra the turns improved, but surely it must have been very difficult for, uh, I don't know, the endurance and stamina side of things. Yeah, so we had like, um, I had like my iPad set up at the end of the pool. Okay. And um so I'd have like Lauren or Rob on um, on Zoom and we would do Zoom coach sessions. So the trouble with me is because of my head injury, I, I can only really count to like, I don't know, even in a normal pool, getting to 10 is, is a slight struggle. Yeah. And so 
they like say Rob would be like, I'll oh, do and they twenty lengths or something. And he and because of my hearing as well, he can't like shout down the thing. Mm. I I just kept going because I was like, I don't know where I am, so I'll just keep going. He was like, nice twenty eight lengths, and I was like, <laughs> I didn't know where I was. <laughs> it's extra meters. What's he complaining about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so. <laughs> um but no it was really good british swimming were amazing like during lockdown like we had zoom coach sessions snc sessions on zoom like we had all sorts of access mm. to that kind of thing to kind of because it was weird like you weren't with your teammates anymore and it kind of was like slightly isolating so um it was it was nice to have that involvement and like still feel like you were kind of moving forward with things mm. um the first bit of lockdown, I moved home to my parents in Cornwall and was swimming in, uh, we live literally just above the creek, St. Just Creek. So mm. I was swimming in St. Just Creek. So my mum would take me down and she'd just read a book as I was swimming up and down. <laughs> <laughs> so, I think everyone um, turned to open water, didn't they? And just outdoor swimming. Yeah. Oh, no, I love it. Like, yeah. I love it. Um, I'm missing it at the moment because um, they won't let me swim in open water at the moment because my ears so i'm mm. waiting yeah, yeah, so the yeah. left so the left ear is being completely closed um so obviously we'll touch on what happened the games in a minute but um mm. the left ear has obviously been extremely problematic for the last couple of years um so they're closing it off completely um i can't hear anything anyway um mm. so i just lip breathe so that it's not like it i'm losing anything um and then yeah. the right ear they're putting a cochlear implant in so yeah, but um, at the moment I can't open water swim, so fingers crossed I can soon. <laughs> I, I thought you were talking. I thought you were talking about open water swimming because it's now winter and freezing. I thought that's what you were talking oh, about. Oh no! Because <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't go anywhere I... near the lakes or anything like that right now. Because I don't know what the, what's the temperature now, Scott. You probably know better than me. It's uh, like seven or eight or something like that. It's, it's like nine degrees. Yeah, oh, it's nine. Yeah. Not comfortable with that now. Gee. No, normally to be fair, like historically, I used to go in my. Coach Dean, we would go through the winter. He's still doing it at the moment. Um, but yeah, it's not, good. Not, I can't Jeez. at the moment. So. <laughs> not <laughs> for amazing. me. It's amazing. I love it. Yeah. <laughs> no, I'm with you. I'm with you. So, did you manage to get some normal preparation in before the trials? Kind of where, where is your regular pool? Um, so, you normally swim in Swindon, so at Milton Road in Swindon or Link Centre. Um, and then my strength and conditioning is with uh, Mike in Bath and physio I have in Bath. Um, sometimes I swim in Bath, depending on like when my sessions are and bits and pieces. Mm. So like lockdown, is it lockdown two? What, when athletes yeah, were we've lost to track train. completely. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> when athletes were allowed to train, but other like the public weren't. Mm. Um, mm. That's when we were all in Bath. I say all. Okay. Steph Millward and I were in Bath. Yeah. and the able-bodied swimmers um mm. so we we're lucky to have access to that so that's probably like i got a bit of to be honest i haven't really had like i'm gonna say i haven't had a consistent block of training for a while um mm. because of surgery that had one surgery end near the end of 2020 then that went wrong and so then they had to redo it at the beginning of 2021 and then I was like back going again thinking like okay I'm not fully fit for trials but like I need to do trials mm. um and then obviously <laughs> we slightly touched on it but obviously at trials I was very ill 
Um, yes. Yeah, we were going to get to that. So yeah. I think we, we messaged you during trials, if I remember. And yeah. you you set a British record. Yeah. But mm. at the same time, you were advised not to swim because of an ear infection. So, yeah. I mean, <laughs> why did you get in the water against all advice? And what, what made you to or what drove you to make that decision? Um, stubborn, determined, <laughs> I don't know, <laughs> mad. Um, no, it was basically like, so I did the, I think I did the freestyle the, on the, I'm going to say the Thursday, mm. um, and it was tracking, there's photos somewhere and it's like tracking down my face and it's tracking down the back. Um, uh, the infection was getting worse on the left side. Um, and I knew this really. I'd already had to have a trip to hospital earlier in the week that week whilst we were at trials. Mm. Um, but I was like, I've got antibiotics going in. Like, what more can I do? Um, I had a video consultation with my surgeon, and he said um, for me not to continue swimming and to come home and be admitted to hospital. Um, and I said, can I just do one more race? <laughs> so I was like, can I do the it was the SB4 breaststroke. Um, mm. And he was like, well, I'm not going to stop you, am I? Because you don't want to do it. <laughs> he knows and you then, well. <laughs> yeah. And then um, he was like, but as soon as you've done the first race, so just did the heats. Um, that was always the plan. Um, he was like, there's a bed for you at Bath Hospital. Um, so, yeah. And, he was, and then his passing comment at the end, and I'll never forget it was I hope it's worth it. Good luck. And I was like, great. (laughs) Well, it was worth it. it, um... I'm trying to figure out the mentality of before the race, during the race, after the race. I mean, what was going through your mind throughout the whole thing? I I can't, I can't work it out. Um, Not many people can work me out. (laughs) (laughs) Um, I don't really know. Um, Obviously, like I did have, classification that week so i wanted mm. to also get that done from the okay. point of view of like games mm. um i guess games was a big part of it like motivation wise like i guess i hadn't been working towards it for like well obviously we'd had the extra year to not mm. go for it at, get, at trials mm. um yeah okay like my times weren't like what they should have been but at least i'd like i felt like i'd given it everything i could physically have given it um and then yeah was admitted to hospital that afternoon on IV antibiotics so um, story of my life (laughs) that's one way to make your first Paralympic Games isn't it I mean lay everything out there essentially to make the team did that um were the ramifications after that do you think they impacted at all on your Paralympics or was there enough time to recover and prepare for the Paralympic Games um i'll be honest um probably i didn't really have enough time in general because by the time Mm. i'd had two surgeries then being admitted to hospital especially my 200 was never gonna be Mm. there was Mm. never gonna be enough in the bank um i was hoping my hundreds um would have been like fine and the relay would have been fine hopefully but um yeah probably the 200 was pushing it slightly um but i think like I don't know like I guess maybe it's because of my accident that you like I want to get as much as I can out of life I wasn't gonna let like everything that was happening stop me like 
I had one one thing I wanted to get, like one place I wanted mm. to get and that was to Tokyo um yeah. and I guess yeah you could call it like slightly mental and I guess yes I put my health on the line slightly um but I would do it again um mm. a lot of people mm. are like would you do it again and yeah I would um maybe I would give myself a bit more rest after the first uh no after the admission to hospital when I was at trials mm. um I was then fighting to get back um, ready for games. And I, I just had a lot of health issues the whole way into games. So even though I got out of hospital then, they really, I really should have been in hospital probably again in that middle bit because my ears were infected continuously. I had like so many infections leading into games. But it's, I don't know, I just... I guess I yeah I've just wanted to get there I wanted to do what I could do I knew that I knew going into games it was going to be tough I knew mm. I wasn't in the same place as maybe world championships um but that's life and you can never you can never time these things um yeah disappointing um but hopefully like yeah now I've got like a bit of a plan um mm. I can look forward a bit more but um with with yeah, all these with all these hospital trips and basically you've been in the wars effectively with all the ear infections <laughs> and the, the asthma attack, which we're going to talk about in a minute as well. Cause that was really interesting. Do you ever get the feeling of, will it ever end? Like it, it must take a lot of out of you physically and mentally. <laughs> yeah. But like, I kind of think like, I don't know. I've, I've achieved so much since an accident that like should have, I, I shouldn't be here. So I kind of think like, yeah, it's relentless. And like, sometimes you think like, why me? But like, there's kind of no point in thinking why me? Because you still, there's still so much to live for. Like, I still have so much to look forward to. I have amazing family and friends around me. Like, it's not like I haven't still got a lot, like even when I'm fighting these battles. Um, but yeah, no, sometimes I, I do get frustrated. I'd be lying if I said I didn't um but I'm also like I don't know I'm just excited with what I can do with like having had an accident but still be able to like live my life like I am like what a life doing mm. like a sport that I absolutely love I'm passionate about like uh, yeah I can't complain I mean I think your your stubbornness is outstanding and I, yeah. I don't mean that in a negative way I, I mean that in a positive way I think it's an incredible characteristic that you've brought to the table and the fact that you've come through all of this adversity and you're a Paralympian with what sounds like the world's worst preparation going <laughs> is astonishing. It's truly yeah. astonishing. Um, should we touch upon Tokyo Paralympics then? So how were yeah. the games for you kind of on an experience basis? Oh, like mind blowing. Um, <laughs> I remember like, so even like holding camp, um, obviously we've been we had actually been to Suzuka the beginning of 2020 actually just mm. before COVID had like properly kicked off um, and had an amazing time there but um, so it was nice going back to a place that we kind of already knew um, the environment um, so yeah holding hand was good fun and then um, I'll be honest uh, and not many people know this but I ended up in hospital in holding camp um, Okay. with um an asthma attack um so yeah i didn't really like i didn't really want to make um kind of a like a 
big deal of it at the time. Like it's, it happened. Um, and I kept going, uh, got back in the water the day after or something. I think ridiculous. <laughs> Swim, swimming's good for asthma in your defense. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I don't know. Asthma attacks are slightly different now. I feel. I don't know. Maybe level. Um, yeah, and then I, so I was, I have a in hospital in Suzuka and then um, with an asthma attack. Um, and then I guess, yeah, I was a bit like, oh God, what's going to happen now in terms of mm. like my games and stuff. Um, but yeah, I did get back in the water. I'm pretty sure it was the day after or something ridiculous. Yeah. Um, the, the mental strength is mind blowing. <laughs> Honestly, mind blowing. I mean, can I have some of the, I need some of your traits, you know, the positivity, the upbeats, the the mental <laughs> fortitude. I, I need some of that. If I could steal some, that'd be great. <laughs> I think it's more like, honestly, I genuinely, like I've always been like a strong person, like mm. say before my accident, but like, I honestly feel like my accident's given me that like, yeah, that like power to want to get like as much as I can out of everything. Mm. So I don't really let like much stop me. Unless I'm in hospital and then I don't really get a choice. But yeah. um, even then I'm like, when can I get out? When yeah. are you like discharging me? <laughs> and they're like, no, we're going to keep oh. you in for another few days. Yeah. <laughs> I'm like, damn it. Um, but yeah, and then we went into Paralympic Village. Um, was incredible. Like just the whole experience, I guess, from having, obviously I've never been to a Paralympics before. Hmm. Um, slightly blown away. Um yeah, I guess, like, obviously, I don't know what, like, a normal, I say a normal Paralympics is like, because obviously, mm. like, with COVID, the restrictions, um, it was very different, like, for mm. a lot of people. Um, mm. I know a lot of people that said that, like, that have then been to Paralympics before said it was very different. But for me and any other, like, newcomers, um, I guess it was still an incredible experience, um, just yeah. being part of that, like, squad like squad of people team gb like it just yeah felt amazing the having the like the building with the paralympics gb all of us in there and stuff so um yeah like i was blown away especially when i saw the pool i was like wow so like, this mm. is like crazy um so yeah no it was it was amazing like i still say there was parts of it like that I absolutely like loved and I would like now treasure forever. Mm. Um, obviously it was tough, um, medically tough. Um, yeah. and obviously like being that far away from everyone, like home and stuff when you're that ill, um, was quite tricky. I had a lot of friends sending amazing videos to me and stuff, which definitely kept me going. Um, but yeah, it was, it was hard. Shall we touch upon that then? Because as much as I want to talk about your two fourth place finishes, um, which by the way are outstanding on paper, I think most people would be gutted to finish in fourth. But considering everything that's gone on, it's it's amazing. And am I right in thinking it was actually during one of your races that you suffered an asthma attack? Yeah, so 200, I had already suffered an asthma attack before I'd finished. Um, and then, um, so I was unconscious, so I've been unconscious like three times. Um, so whilst I was out in Tokyo, so in Suzuka, in my two end of my 200 when they got me out, and after my 100, um, I was taken to hospital after the 200, um, and got an hour's sleep before the hundreds. 
um and then was so desperate to get that bronze medal in the 100 i'll be honest because i know on paper that like it yeah was there kind of for the yeah. taking um but if i'm it's funny like everyone says oh you must be gutted like fourth place no one wants to come fourth however what my body gave me considering everything mm. it was like fighting like i was so poorly i mean there's a i don't know if you saw me coming out to the block in the 100 final i look i didn't even look white i looked gray i looked like i mean i don't it shouldn't have been poolside at all um i was like already like coughing on like even on the the start like on the dive when i was about to dive in like it's so i just think like i'm kind of proud of what my body gave me my body gave me mm. everything absolutely yeah. everything yeah. like it couldn't have given any more and i think like a lot of it was my mental strength and that like power to okay i wanted it i wanted it badly um mm. but then when i finished i'd given it everything and i mm. felt like yeah, I uh, couldn't have done any more. And I was quite ha like, not happy with that, but proud of my body. Were there any British coaches advising you not to do it or any sort of medical staff or anyone behind the scenes saying that you shouldn't do it because you look grey, you look you look ill, you shouldn't really be doing it, especially <laughs> a 200 metre freestyle as well? Um, medical staff, yes. Okay. Um, coaches, I think, know, know me well enough to know that I wasn't really going to listen anyway. Okay. So why don't we just crack on and see what we can mm. do? Like I wasn't even allowed to swim the day before the 200. Mm. So the, before the first race, that's not normal, is it? Like you don't no. not swim. I mean, not really, no. Race. <laughs> like, wow. I was like, this is not okay. I was like, please let me swim. And to be fair, that was the coach that told me not to swim that day. Mm. But it felt so weird not swimming the day before racing. Um, yeah, like... It did get to the point. So I was meant to do the, I think it was like the 20 point relay I was meant to mm. do after yeah. the 100 freestyle. And um, I was in the medical room, I'd come around and stuff. And I said to Lauren, I was like, oh, how many hours have I got now till the, till the relay? <laughs> and she was like, what? Like, no, it's never <laughs> happening. Don't even go there. And I was like, what? I've got a few hours I can do it it's only 50 meters it's fine no wow wow and then, oh. and then the um Paralympics GD doctor came around to my room I think it was that evening to be fair once I'd gone back mm. I said we have to call it a day at this point it's just not safe to carry on um it does turn out that like so I had a double ear infection mm -hmm. when I was out at games um and that was the trigger for my asthma Okay. Um, is what they've figured out now so um it's kind of strange like at the time i was like why is my asthma flared because i have got asthma but like why mm. is it flared at this moment in time um but it was just because i had such a bad infection like ear infections that it just yeah my body just couldn't cope um so yeah and then i was on iv antibiotics when i was flown back to mm. flown back to heathrow and driven straight to bath hospital again <laughs> Oh, but all safe human flying. All, all safely recovered now. You said you got back in the pool. You were back training until your latest surgery. So, I mean, all's well that ends well, luckily. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> um, 
<laughs> you don't feel like there's any unfinished business or is it now a driving point to go towards Paris? Oh yeah, there's definitely unfinished business. Yeah, <laughs> um, yeah I've never never been more hungry for it. Okay. But I've also, I've never been more like focused on getting my health right. Hmm. Um, I had to, I say had to, I didn't have to. Um, I put everything on the line to get to games. And yeah. I would, like I say, I would do that in a heartbeat again. But I have got time now to get better, um, get my bloods better, get everything back on track again to be able to give my best in the pool, um, which I didn't have the time to get that right before games, unfortunately. So, yeah, whilst I've never been more hungry for Paris and for Worlds and everything else that could, mm. comes in between that, I also have got a sole focus on trying to get well now um, and hopefully avoid any more major issues in the future. <laughs> Touch <laughs> fingers crossed. I mean, so. fingers crossed. Yeah, blimey. I mean, are I you mean, looking you... to are you looking to stay in swimming or are you going to be looking to do a question as well, sort of a dual sport? Um, interesting question. Um, I guess you never know what's around the corner. Um, <laughs> Uh, I am riding again at the moment, mm. um, but uh, swimming is my sole focus, um, okay. like in terms of like competing. Um, but yeah, we'll, we'll see. But um, I think swimming at the moment um, through to Paris um, and then go from there. But yeah, I'm definitely, I'm not finished yet, but definitely back in the saddle a bit more now because I've, I've moved and everything. So um, I'm in a like where I'm located now is much easier to be able to go and ride and swim and everything else. Mm-hmm. So, um, well, apart from my recovery asthma operations, <laughs> which my surgeon was like, if you don't take the six weeks out of the water, he was like, I'm not doing it. And I was like, okay. Yeah. He was like, I'm going to ring around every pool in the area, give them a facial ID. And I was like, <laughs> <laughs> Oh, blimey. I mean, if anyone takes anything away from this podcast, I hope it is the mental strength that you've kind of exhibited. Maybe not the craziness in terms of making yourself ill, but the mental strength and the fortitude and determination to get to that end goal. You're now a Paralympian. You've got that kind of monkey off your back, per se, and now you can concentrate on getting your body right. And now... Paris can hopefully be a bit more enjoyable. I know you said you enjoyed Tokyo, but I'm I'm excited that kind of the next Olympics or Paralympic cycle for you hopefully should be a better one. Touch wood. Yeah. Fingers crossed. Be. Yeah. I think like for me, like I've said said it before, but like my change of perspective on life was mm. definitely aftermath and and I guess um I kind of treasure every moment that little bit more and um, mm. like make the most of every opportunity that like comes my way. And I guess also I've learned that like being kind of the challenging like things that I've been through, they don't last forever. Like mm. you do get through them. And I think it's just knowing that and to never give up. Like for me, that's, that's the biggest thing that's helped me through all the like tough times is to know that actually they don't last um, and I will get through them. So with everyone around me, mm. and you're smiling through every story as well. <laughs> yeah, it's incredible. Do you, know, do you know what you need to do? You need to write a book because it would yeah. sell. 
big time big time i mean this is just that's a chapter by itself easy peasy just the tokyo side of it let alone the the rest of the stuff we've tried to cover i mean this podcast not we, we could be here for hours talking about everything <laughs> but um yeah write a book i think that we should probably do that yeah no i, I would like to it's more like i would like to help other people yeah. through my journey um and if i can help even if i can just help one person yeah. know that like despite everything like that there's still like an amazing life ahead of them um mm. then i feel like i've kind of done my bit and what people have done for me as well like it's like i said watching the paralympics on tv that's what it gave me um yeah. so yeah i just want to be able to help almost give back mm. Well, speaking of, just before we finish, I know there's so many questions I want to ask, but um, you know the little lad that I used to teach with Spinal Bifida? He now struggles with a standing dive, and I know you do a sitting down dive. How did yeah. you learn to do that? Um, well, I learned, um, I think we were, we were doing it just in training in Swindon, and I was like, oh, let's just like try and see what happens. Okay. I mean, it was hit and miss to start with, I'm not going to lie. Um, but yeah, it it's not been the easiest thing to learn how to do. I know a lot of, a lot of people that do struggle with it. Um, I'm not really sure how I've learned how to do it. I like, I guess it's easier to explain when you have like have someone there, but it's, um, I like use the, the sides of the diving block to be mm. able to like almost give me a bit of a lever to pull me back, like back and then forwards. Yeah. to give me that like momentum because you don't have the momentum from anywhere else um it's almost using that like as as your lever to, to kind yeah. of yeah. get that momentum forward um yeah. but yeah it's uh it's been a hard one to learn but it's definitely pretty handy now mm. yeah well he'll be happy about that a, a little bit his name's Mackenzie. i'm sure he'll be happy to to hear his name on the podcast so there you go there we go <laughs> uh, so i asked Mackenzie from gloucester it is, yes. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Oh, yeah. nice. Yeah, I've met him a couple of times. Yeah. Awesome. Um, so Susanna, we usually finish with some quick fire questions for our elite guests. How does that sound for you? <laughs> yeah, no, it sounds good. Um, so what is your favorite event? Uh definitely fifty freestyle, no doubt. Uh, who is your swimming idol? Oh gosh. Uh Ellie Simmons. Yeah. Uh, what's the proudest moment of your swimming career so far? Um, that's a tough one. Getting selected for the Paralympics, but also my 50 freestyle at London. What is the hardest set you've ever done in training? Um, I don't know. <laughs> <Someone> <laughs> <asked>. <laughs> um, <laughs> Yeah, probably just some of the sets that I've done up at the National Performance Centre, I'd probably say. Okay. Um, and if you were to go on a road trip, there is three spaces in the car. Who would you take with you? They can be friends, family or celebrities. That's a good question. Um, it always throws everyone. <laughs> three celebrities in the car. Or friends and family. Oh, definitely wouldn't have my parents who would fall out by the end of the road. <laughs> <laughs> um, probably, I'm going to say Ellie uh, Simmons, um, Steph Millward, and I don't know, my brother, probably, because he's good fun on the journey. 
Nice, nice. Well, Susanna, it's been incredible speaking to you. I'm I'm blown away. I'm honestly blown away. And we could touch upon so many stories for so long. I hope everyone has kind of appreciated the value of this podcast and is inspired by the journey that you've gone through. Um, I really appreciate you you sharing your stories as well. Um, and yeah, thank you so much for coming on and best of luck with your surgery on Thursday. Thank you very much. Yeah, I'm actually like speechless from what I've heard for the last like 30, 40 minutes. It's absolutely incredible. And you're a fantastic role model to not just a para, but actually I think able-bodied as well, because I've taken a lot from it from the positive attitude that you have to enjoy life and go for things and aim for your dreams, basically, which is what you've done. And I think a lot of people should take a, a lot away from this podcast. Mm. <laughs> they'll probably just think i'm mental <laughs> <laughs> all that probably yeah yeah <laughs> all with good reason yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> well that just about rounds up this week's episode of the propulsion swimming podcast if you haven't subscribed already please do so on youtube apple Podcasts, or spotify you'll be notified of our latest episodes as they go live dan we will be back in seven days time Yeah, looking forward to it. Thank you very much, everyone, for listening, and we'll catch you on the next one. You've been listening to the Propulsion Swimming Podcast with Scott and Dan. We want to thank you for joining us and invite you to subscribe to the show as well as checking out the Propulsion Swimming YouTube channel for weekly tutorials and videos to get your swimming fix. We will be back next week. Until then, we'll catch you on the next one.